Good evening. I'm Carolyn Zachariasen with the Aspen Times along with our editor, David Krause. Welcome to this public forum on the Lift One Corridor proposal that city residents are voting on in the March 5th <coughs> election. Thank you to Grassroots and the Thrift Shop for making this forum possible. For the next hour or so, we'll be discussing and hopefully clarifying the issues centered around the ballot question, which is the biggest development proposal voters have had to decide on in almost three decades. The ballot question is one sentence, nearly 300 words long, and asks voters to approve two ordinances that are 88 pages combined, full of nuance and details. Aspen City Council sent the question to voters because it involves a rezoning of land, a change in use for city open space, and a $4.36 million taxpayer contribution. All told, the plan encompasses over 320,000 square feet of commercial space. Our guests this evening represent critics of the ballot question and the developers of the Lift One Lodge and the Gorsuch House, the two lodges associated with the corridor plan. On the opposing side to the right, we have Aspen City Councilman Burt Myron, who voted against the project, and longtime resident John Doyle, who lives near the planned development site. On the pro side, to the left, we have Michael Brown representing Lift One Lodge, and Jeff Gorsuch and Jim DeFrancia representing the Gorsuch House. To start it off, representatives from each side will give a three-minute opening statement about the Lift One Quarter Plan. After that, I will ask them a series of questions and then open it up for discussion. The rules of engagement are up to two-minute answers and a one-minute response for either side, if necessary. Uh, brevity is appreciated since there's a lot to get to. David will keep track of time and give you a 30-second warning and then a 10-second warning to wrap it up. So <coughs> let's try to get through it and be as civil as possible and accurate, please. Um, Michael, can you first go over the site plan quickly that you have displayed here in the room so v viewers and audience can have some reference points, please? Hi, everybody. Uh, hi, everybody at home. Thanks for hosting Aspen Times. Um, this is the site plan that we've been working on for a bit over a year. Um, first, starting with the lower lift coming down to Dean Street. Uh, that is represented here. Uh, and this is the view from Dean Street looking up the open corridor. Uh, you have the ski museum, which will be inside of the skier chalet lodge that moves back down here, historical asset that gets restored. You have the Skier Chalet Steakhouse that gets revitalized into a bar and restaurant. You have the two Lift One Lodge buildings. You have a view from here, which is the view down through the ski corridor down to Dean Street. Uh, and then you have Gorsuch House up here, along with this is where the World Cup uh, staging finish would go. Uh, and a view of the Gorsuch House. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Sorry. Uh, there's parks uh, all the way through here. Uh, Delensic Gardens, uh, Lift One Park, as well as Willoughby Park, uh, all told over an acre, about the size of Wagner Park. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Michael. Okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. Oh, actually, you know what, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start with your opening statement. Good evening, everybody, and viewers at home and Aspen voters. Uh, thank you to the Aspen Times and uh, Bert and John uh, for being here and uh, for everybody coming together uh, to uh, have the exchange on the Lift One Corridor. 
Um, my sincere apologies are offered for last week. I had a heart ablation down at University Hospital, and I'm recovering. It was successful. I fit into my U.S. ski team sweater from 1984, so I wore that tonight for a little good luck. Um, tonight is for the voters, and uh, it's an honor to be here with Jim DeFrancy and Michael Brown, uh, who we've worked uh, extensively with on the Lift One Corridor uh, vision and, and uh, replanning and, and uh, what we're taking to the voters uh, as the initiative. Um, tonight, we uh, hope to impart uh, information and to give people in the community uh, all the tools that they may need to get informed. And um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've been preparing for tonight my whole life. Uh, Aspen is a, is, a, is a rich and deep part of our family's ha past. Um, it's been an honor to be involved. Uh, it's a sacred, special place that everybody uh, wants to see uh, preserved and, and taken forward so it can, the legacy can continue. So for me, the Lift One Corridor and the project uh, coming together, returning to Lift to Town, uh, was foremost in, in, in our uh, desire to do something uh, extraordinary for the community. Community first, development second. And so we've been in meetings for literally years, and it's been a, 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 a privilege to share the vision. And I hope that tonight we'll be able to shed the light on the corridor and, and ask people to re reawaken the memory of what was once there, uh, lodging, uh, Norway, uh, the Norway Lodge, uh, the Holland House, the Skier Chalet, all vibrant, great uh, parts of a, a rich history that no longer are, uh, are there. Uh, or, or really no longer vibrant in any way. It's a very diminished neighborhood. And so what we're seeking to do is to reconnect with the village, the, the lift, and bring that lift down and reconnect the vibrancy that once existed and to take forward the legacy and the story of the deep roots of our rich skiing heritage and history and, 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 and take that well into the future. So it's about community, it's about vibrancy, it's about refresh, rebuilding, and doing something that is in the spirit of the founders of the Aspen Idea, Walter Pepke, a lot of people like Andre Roach, and uh, many, many others, and in having the, the, the daring in a, in a community to say we look forward, we look to the future, and we want to welcome uh, people in the world to, a, to an Aspen where, where things can happen and we're vibrant. So thank you for letting us be here. Good evening. Thanks, Jeff. The opposing side, would you like to make an opening statement? Bert? Okay. I'm going to talk about uh, housing and money, uh, two exciting things we speak about on city council. The uh, council relied on 100% uh, employee housing mitigation starting in 2011 without approval. The original 2011 approval uh, for 100% mitigation calculated 35 FTEs. The code only required 12.8, but the developer and the council negotiated 35, 100%. In 2016, the, uh, there was an amendment uh, generating 90 employees total, and again, the applicant uh, committed to 100%, even though the code only required 29. At the 2016 council meeting, uh, where this came up, uh, Councilman Frisch said, uh, uh, the applicant is committed to 100% employee mitigation for the additional 56 uh, FTEs. So clearly, council was discussing the 100% and relying on that 100% mitigation. In April 2018, just recently, council again extended the vested rights for Lift One Lodge. The minutes for that quote Councilman Howenstein as saying, he's appreciative of the 100% employee housing on site. It's really admirable. Once again, in 2018, council relies on 100% mitigation. The 2018 amendments on the ballot 
which we have now, calculate employee mitigation at 150 full-time equivalent <coughs> employees. What's on the ballot is two thir one third of that, uh, housing for uh, about 46 employees. So multiple councils over seven years relied on lift one lodging agreeing to house 100% in their approvals for the project. The question we have to decide is whether our community is willing to sacrifice housing for over 100 FTEs with the expectation of trickle-down economics will eventually house those FTEs. Uh, voting no means the developer is still obligated to at 100% under the 2016 amendment for all 90 employees. On the money side, the vested approval requires uh, Lift One Lodge to pay for improvements to Dean Street, to pay to refurbish the skier chalet in the museum, to put $600,000 in escrow for what was a uh, platter lift, to pay to purchase a sanding truck and uh, sanding materials, to pay to relocate the Willoughby $150,000 toward relocation of the volleyball courts at Willoughby. Uh, they're currently there. And uh, contrast that with what's on the ballot. The increase in free market, where we are granting an extra free market unit, adding 31,000 FFAR, converting 22,000 square feet of below grade space to above grade lodge use, reducing the 113 parking spaces down to 59, and we're putting 4.3 million into escrow this summer, payable to the Lift One Lodge in a, a decade or so when it's spinning. There's no uh, guarantee that'll ever be spinning. The only they can walk away from the uh, lift <coughs> completely. After it's removed, the only thing lost at that time is the $4.36 million. Thanks, Bert. We'll get to the lift, and I'm sure, Michael, you have lots of things you want to respond to. Let's. He's brought the elephant into the room, so we'll just keep it in here for a minute. Um, and that's the growth associated with the plan that's drawn the criticism, both in terms of traffic and the generation, or the lack of, or the perceived lack of um, affordable housing mitigation. So I'll just point out that that came from a lodge from, uh, <coughs> a lodge incentive in the land use code. Um, it was put there to encourage density in small lodge rooms based on the notion that Aspen needs more hotbeds um, and therefore mitigation rates are relaxed so developers can provide that product. Um, so as a result of that incentive and s city council's discretion to use it, Gorsuch is providing housing at roughly a 25% mitigation rate and Lift One a 30% rate, which equals to 67 full-time employees that they will house. And that incentive is roughly um, $11 million savings for the developers based on estimates from the Community Development Department in this building. So, Michael, I'll turn to you and then to Jim to say, to tell people in this room that how many employees are you going to be generating from your projects and how many will you be providing housing for? So uh, thank you, Carolyn. Um, so one of the things um, that, that was just mentioned was, was the affordable housing. Um, we depended on the land use code that is currently in place right now uh, and both the projects fully conform to the land use code that is in place right now. Uh, it was a land use code that was affirmed by the city council uh, that, that Bert sits on, uh, and these projects fully mitigate for what is in the code. Um, in addition to that, we've calculated that these projects generate more than 100% of the employees that they are generated through the three mechanisms related to uh, affordable housing, both the upfront fee, 
the ongoing affordable housing uh, transfer tax, uh, as well as a component of the sales tax. Uh, these will provide a significant amount of funds, funds needed to complete Burlingame 3 and to start BMC West. So how many employees will you have for your timeshare project? And Pardon? how many are you housing? So, so our project up front houses 67 uh, FTEs, um, and in addition to that, provides the funds that will house 79 at Burlingame 3, uh, as well as a start for BMC West, which is 80 units. How many people will you employ? Sorry? Uh, how, how many people will you employ at Lift One Lodge? Same for Gorsuch. So our, our estimates for the two projects are that, that our project uh, would, would have about 100 employees, uh, and for Gorsuch, uh, 65. about 65. Okay, and for the 67 that you are going to provide housing for, where are you going to have those people live? What are your options? Sure, sure. Um, there have been uh, several sites that have been approved recently uh, that are waiting starts um, for when there's the demand for those uh, for people to purchase credits. Um, some of those sites include Poppies. Um, Ted Guy has a site on Main Street, uh, as well as Peter Fornell's Park Avenue site. Um, none of those projects have begun, um, and all of those have sufficient amount of credits uh, to fulfill the needs of these projects. Thank you. Bert, why does the land use code land use code have this incentive when Aspen's facing a housing crisis? Why is it in there? The incentive is a discretionary incentive, and uh, I did not. Uh, I, this isn't about me. The council doesn't have to uh, waive that discretionary incentive, and they did. The uh, council also can negotiate up from there, as as was done with the 2011 approval and the 2016 amendment, which, as I read, uh, both Adam Frisch and Ward Howenstein uh, relied on and and congratulated the developer on at the time. We can negotiate 100% housing as well. John, do you blame them for using this incentive? I mean, it's there, so. Um, well, I feel if they're community-minded, like they say they are, uh, how is that possible? They're not housing the employees they agreed to, and it changed from 100% of the employees housed to their current level, seemingly overnight. I, I think it happened at the same time they asked for the $4.36 million. No. I, I also think, coincidentally, it was right about the time Steve Barwick was let go. That's not true. You guys want to respond to that in any way? Sure. Um, I think we are very community-minded. I think we're, we're all sitting here um, because we heeded the call uh, of the community to bring this lift down the mountain. Uh, it was sort of uh, an Excalibur moment. You know, no one ever thought that you could pull the sword out of the stone and deliver this lower lift to Dean Street. Uh, and through a lot of hard work um, through the city of Aspen, the Parks Department, the Delensic family, uh, Jeff's team, uh, as well as mine, we were able to figure out the engineering to, to do what was never thought to be possible and br deliver this lower lift. Thanks. This question's for Bert. Uh, you know, the Lift One corridor plan answers 
what the community's perceived need is for more lodging. Uh, SKIKO President Mike Kaplan notes that there's 1,700 fewer hotel rooms compared to 1990. <clears throat> so if they're not going to be built here and now, where and when would you propose new lodging to be built? The uh, number that you gave does not include the uh, Airbnb. Uh, so you cannot book a single room uh, that SkiCo sells on Airbnb, and that's a platform that millions of people have on their pocket. Uh, the uh, dynamic of uh, that displacing local housing has been uh, very strong locally, and I think our, our focus needs to be on uh, keeping a community here, not uh, continuing to uh, build 1,700 beds, rooms. Just as a quick follow-up, I'd say, you know, according to a story that was written in the Aspen Times, you supported working with the Aspen Skiing Company to look for lodging solutions to a lost bed base. Isn't that what they're doing now? You know, creating more hotel rooms? That is. And, and if they stuck with what uh, both uh, Adam and Ward complimented them on, 100% housing, uh, I'd probably be there. So, so I would add, I mean, VRBO um, is not a replacement for hotel rooms. Uh, w what a lot of communities are facing with VRBO is the loss of housing available to local people that could live in those housing units because people who are renting those units are making more money from renting them out to tourists coming to our community. These hotels are in the exact right location as determined by the city walkable locations at the base of the ski slope where people should be staying. In addition to that, I would argue the VRBO units that were referenced, they pay a quarter of the property taxes that a commercial hotel pays. So I think there's a lot more in it for the community when you get a hotel. And, and uh, let me add, add to that, uh, Carolyn. The Aspen Area Community Plan very clearly calls out the objective of replenishing our declining housing base. And our company, being in the lodging business, can speak to what Michael just addressed, which is that VRBO is not a substitute for a hotel. If you got a family of four or five and you're coming out here, you, how, who's going to help you rent your skis? What about transportation? Who's going to recommend the restaurants? Who's going to help you store your gear? When you're just coming to rent a unit someplace, it's a very different experience. We are a tourist town. We are a tourist economy. We need lodging, and our community plan calls it out. Thanks. John, you've said that this town doesn't need any more high-end lodge rooms. And given that Aspen's occupancy rate today is 75%, and that the average nightly rate right now is 565 bucks a night. Can you elaborate on your position? Sure. Um, <clears throat> I rent my studio space in the Tyrolean Lodge, which is owned by Pierre Willie, who was born and raised here. And I can tell you that uh, he's, as time goes on with the VRBOs and Airbnbs, he's not as busy as he used to be. So when I mentioned to him several months ago, about what was going on in the 1A neighborhood. Uh, he started finding out the details and, and he said, we don't need any more, any more hotel space. I'd like to point out that lift one is a timeshare, which is warm beds, not hot beds. And I'd also like to point out that the Hotel Lenado used to be a reasonably priced hotel. 
it is now in the process of being changed into a timeshare. And if you understand timeshares, they can be actually bought out by one person. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could. And that one person could choose to keep that thing dark all year round if they wanted to. Uh, it could be a single family home. It could be a corporate retreat. Could happen. Michael or Jim, can you respond to that? And then I would also ask you what your pro forma says about how much you're going to be charging for these rooms. Well, first and foremost, Gorsuch House is absolutely a hotel. We've got 81 keys. And it is a hotel in the truest and most conventional sense of the word. Hmm. I think what John spoke to addressed what we were commenting on earlier, which is uh, uh, the, the, the relationship between VRBO, privately owned units, they can be put on the market, they can be taken off the market, they can be constrained as an individual owner sees fit. When you've got a hotel, you've got a hotel and you're in the business of providing lodging. As of the pricing, Hotel space is fungible, and it's a function of the demand at any particular point in time. Seasonal um, character of the quality of the of the uh, of the of the lodging that you're offering, uh, all of those factors play into it. Um, the community needs to offer a variety of housing. We're contributing to that variety of housing, lodging. How much do you think your nightly rates will be? They'll both. probably be on a par with. Uh, it's it's clearly going to be an upper end product, so we'll be on a par with, uh, with the Jerome and the and the Little Nell and the St. Regis. But but I I would answer add to that. I mean, does it does it really matter? Um, you know, whether a guest is staying at the Tyrolean Lodge, the Mountain Chalet, the Hotel Jerome, or the Little Nell, they're all coming here because they want to be skiing here in our in our community, and regardless of where they they stay and what they pay. They love skiing, they love music, they love dining in our restaurants, renting our skis, and eating Paradise Bakery cookies. So what's the difference? Bert, do you want to respond to that in any way? You got a the, minute the, to do that. <laughs> I think the difference is, are we building for our uh, peak nights? Is, is Aspen busy enough on the 4th of July? Is it busy enough on uh, the Christmas, New Year's holiday? Other than those nights, uh, there's perhaps a weakness in our reservation system that doesn't allow everything to get uh, utilized at 100%. Um, but I, I'm not persuaded that we need to be busier on our busiest nights. Right. I, I, I get the whole, you know, we're here, I don't want any more people here. Um, but I think that, that there are a lot of times um, and a lot of guests that, that are you know, they don't want to stay at the Tyrolean with all due respect. It, uh, I know that's one of your family's hotels. Um, it doesn't hurt. It's, a, it's an asset that dates back to the 50s or 60s. It's been a, a major city goal, I think, in the top 10 goals of, of, of city council year in, year out, uh, to provide new, diverse lodging base to this community. And that is precisely what this does. I, I would add one more comment on this issue of lodging. The Aspen Area Community Plan, again, also calls that lodging amenities should be designed to facilitate an interaction between residents and guests. And when you have a hotel and a lodging facility that offers um, uh, uh, bars and restaurant spaces and common areas, that's exactly what you're doing. When you're in a VRBO over in the residential area, I'm not sure how much interface you're getting with anybody. Well, what we haven't talked about, what are the impacts 
of 320,000 square feet of development is traffic, and we know that it will add traffic. Um, and I'm asking, I'm asking you guys what your anticipated increase in traffic will be associated with these developments and you know, what kind of how many daily deliveries are we talking about here and sure it's a it's a bit of a biased question the way you asked it because you said we know that um you know one of the things that i think we do know uh and that we've heard from our neighbors uh at the saint regis and the dancing bear and the limelight and from other facilities in the west end is that their guests do not want to walk up 500 feet of icy road on South Aspen Street to go to a very old antiquated lift. And right now, a lot of the guests coming to this community and staying in those hotels get shuttled over to the gondola, creating more traffic. So by providing a lower lift down to Dean Street, you create a more walkable environment and, and you spread the demand of people skiing on the mountain over two wonderful bases. What kind of, I mean, how many deliveries are you going to have? How many trucks are coming up there? How many Coca-Cola trucks so, and Heineken sure. trucks? Sure, yeah. So, so, so we, we, um, we obtained a traffic study from Felsberg, Holt, and Ulevig. Um, they're basically the gold standard uh, for doing traffic studies. They're frequently a trusted advisor uh, for the city of Aspen. Uh, and their traffic study conducted that there would be no negative impact uh, from the developments. The, uh, uh, Carolyn, the other issue on, on the traffic is, one, when you build hotels in town, which is where these lodging facilities are, you're, you're inherently creating an environment where your guests are going to come and they don't need cars. And as Michael's pointed out, uh, it's evidence that they don't even want cars. They're in town and they can walk. As to your employees, the hotels in particular are employers that are particularly attractive to to employees that don't need cars. They can traffic by public transit. They're not carrying tools like workmen. They're not having to have a car because they got to go to a meeting on the other side of town or or, or something of that nature. It, it, we have a fabulous transit system all the way to Glenwood that that allows people to come within two blocks of where they're working. There's every reason to expect they're going to do that. They do it already, and in case of lodging, they're more inclined to do it. Will you require them to? Will we require them to? Yeah. I don't think we're allowed to require them to. Right. But I mean, but we'll so certainly for, en for, en enable them to do so sure. with bus passes and things. For like our that. existing yeah. lodges, we own the Molly Gibson and the Hotel Aspen. We provide right. our employees with bus passes Absolutely. on Rafta. Right. How many spaces will be in the public parking garage? How so, many of the parking spaces and then how many to the public? Uh, again, both the projects are code compliant with parking. Uh, the two projects combined have 182 parking spots as well as 50 free city parking spots uh, that will be located directly under the lift uh, and will also have public lockering uh, for, for skiers uh, as well as a changing facility. Let me ask you one more question then I'm going to have these guys respond. How do you square the city's environmental goals and the town's desire to reduce cars and then with the impacts of this plan with parking and free you parking? Know, one, one comment is we actually have fewer cars crossing the bridge today than you had in 1993. So there may be a false metric of play here that suggests that there's a lot more cars because there's not necessarily. 
uh, and, and number two, we do have this fabulous and increasingly improving public transit system that is addressing that issue. Bert, would you like to respond to that as the, far as the, you, you're pretty well versed in the city's goal to reduce traffic. Two things are happening right now. There are at least two right now. The uh, Aspen Club doesn't have a lot of workers, uh, and the Sky Hotel does not have uh, many any hospitality workers at the moment. Uh, it's just construction. Uh, and when those come online, uh, I wouldn't want to be searching for housing. I wouldn't want to be searching for uh, be stuck in traffic because that adds a tremendous amount, just those two. Uh, adding more, um, it, that's the question, I guess, that voters need to decide. It's, it's, it's on the ballot. Voters can choose whether they want to add more congestion, more traffic um, to the system. I, I, I would just say I think that's misleading. I mean, the, the, the raft of transit system has seen dramatic increases in ridership. We just passed a mill levy that is a continued investment in our public transit system. These hotels are located on the transit route, blocks from Ruby, Ruby Park. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, the tax um, haul uh, to the transit system from these two developments that goes towards local transit is in excess of $22 million. So the continued investment and the great benefits of things like WeCycle and RAFTA are things that the city will have the funds to be able to invest more into. John, do you want to respond at all to that? Sure. Um, <clears throat> starting with a minimum of 10,949 dump trucks to excavate the 250-car parking garage, we keep hearing the city's working on traffic, but and they're fully behind this massive project, which is going to take years to finish, and it's going to increase everyone's traffic for years. To deny it, I think, is ridiculous. Where are you guys going to put all that dirt? It's... Uh 58,000 cubic yards for export material out of Lift One Lodge and 51,000 cubic yards for Gorsuch House. Where's that I, all going? I, I would give John four Pinocchios for that one. Um, I think that was, you know, something that was just picked out from him. I have the... I have so the... All, almost all of the dirt will be used for backfill, landscaping, and there's a significant amount of regrading amongst four acres of ski run. Uh, that will need to take place. Um, Aspen has incredibly high standards. Uh, the building code um, has buildings that would produce to lead gold standards um, per the city's land use codes. Uh, and I think that um, a lot of the dirt gets kept on site as well. So I, I, I congratulate you on your number. Uh, I would add I would add another comment, which is which is that that the dirt that has to be removed is done in accordance with a city-directed, city-managed construction management plan. We focus in doing it in off-season. We focus in and do it under controlled hours, and the city enforces that. And it is it is temporary. I mean, there's, there's a period of time, unquestionably, when anything in this town, whether it's your neighbor's backyard shed or a new hotel, is being built that it provokes some kind of an inconvenience, but it is temporary. It's not permanent. You're not going to have 10,000 trucks going up and down the valley forever. And you're not going to have 10,000 trucks going up and down the valley ever. It might feel like it. Yeah. But the, I did get a memo f uh, from the city that does estimate what those truck trips are based on your guys' information. And it's 5,800 from Lithuan Lodge and 3,423 
from Gorsuch. And so, I, know, I know on a gross number, I think that's a reasonable estimate. But me. Michael's pointed out that there's a number of issues that haven't been addressed, such as redistribution of dirt for regrading to deal with new ski lifts, landscaping, things of that nature that will mitigate that. And again, it's all, it is all controlled and it's all balanced over a period of time as any construction project in this town has ever been addressed or ever will be addressed. It's all the same. John. I have a copy of this email from Ben Anderson, who works for the city in this building. Lift One Lodge estimates 558,138 cubic yards of excavated material, 5,810 yard dump truck trips. Gorsuch House estimates 51,350 cubic yards, 5,100 10 yard dump truck trips. Total estimate 10,900. I would note that these numbers are rounded down too. One's using a bigger truck than the other, but it's a lot of trucks. It's a lot of trucks. <laughs> you know, and, but, and we just and we just answered it. Right. So. You got a lot of trucks. So let me. This is a question for you guys, for Michael and Jim, and then I'm going to have Bert and John respond to a question too. But can you address the question for voters, which becomes, how much are Aspen residents willing to add to traffic, and not as much affordable housing as there could be, in the name of economic vitality? and the need for more lodging my first answer would be it's not just economic vitality it's the it's the character of the community and it's the the continuance of this community over the next uh, two generations uh uh, we, we started out with Lift 1 in 1946, and then we ended up with uh, Lift 1A, and we ended up with the gondola. And, and the, the character of our tourism has consistently changed over 70 to 80 years, and it's going to continue to change. This is more than just uh, the current impact on any particular aspect of our community. It's the underlying inherent vitality of the community, the preservation of the character of the community as making it a desirable tourist uh, destination and maintaining our economic vitality. That's the real essence of all this. And bringing the lift back down to Dean Street, creating a historic museum, creating new vitality with lodging and places for locals and visitors to interact is all an element of that with these peripheral impacts. Everything comes with some impact. There are impacts. But it's essential as we look forward and look into the future that we have to address the changing character of our town as well as our society. Bert or John, would you like to respond? And I would also ask this question as you do, which is what would it take for you to agree to redevelopment on the west side of Aspen Mountains base? Or you just know all the time? <laughs> so I wrote a column and I said uh, what I would support. And what I'd support is a yes vote on Lyft One Lodge uh, if there's 100% affordable housing as it has been uh, through seven years of. Uh, of councils and PNZs. The uh, I would, if there was a separate question on the 4.36 million, which uh, there should have been, uh, it was a workaround by council to avoid a uh, Tabor issue. Uh, that question would have been on the ballot uh, if there had, if the city was not afraid of losing it, and uh, the city was afraid of losing this question. And so we crafted a workaround that allows the escrow account, this money sits in for a decade or so, however long it takes, and uh, there's no leverage with that money once the, uh, at some point the developer can walk away from the money and the uh, community gets no lift and there's no leverage the city council has. We can't uh, hold, withhold a 
excavation permit or uh, building permit for Gorsuch or anything for that. So there's nothing to force uh, that to happen. Nothing to force what? Uh, the lift to actually be built um, that we have in our, in our, the city doesn't have that power. Uh, you asked uh, about the housing trade-off. I think the well, PNZ members said it best. Yeah. The, uh, they looked at this, the quote in the minute says, they looked at this project as a giant public amenity, which offsets a lot <coughs> of the affordable housing sacrifice. That's the, sac that's the sacrificial decision people need to make, uh, and that's the decision that PNZ, <coughs> this particular PNZ member made um, for it. John, how do you feel? I mean, do you want any development there? I mean, you live over there, right? Um, I live nearby. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm not against development. I said that in a letter to the editor earlier this week. It's uh, pretty clear. Lift 1 has approvals. Something's going to get built there. It's also pretty clear that nothing has ever been on the property where Gorsuch House is proposed. There's never been a building there. Um, I'd be happy if that went away, if Lift 1 Lodge got built, and if the lift came down to Dean Street, I think we can make that happen. Let's talk about the lift for a second. Michael, what's the guarantee that a lift will actually spin? <laughs> I think that's uh, amazing fear-mongering. Um, we, we live in a community we're blessed with one of the best uh, ski operators in North America. Uh, in the Aspen Skiing Company. Uh, we've worked with them for the past uh, year and a half uh, designing, bringing this lift down to Dean Street. And more than anything, they hold paramount is the operational experience to their customers. So I, I think that's nothing more than, than fear-mongering. I would also add, I'm not convinced that, that um, they would want to see any development. Um, I think, you know, if you look at track record, um, and the amount of housing that these projects create and the amount of money that they bring into the affordable housing coffers to be able to finish Burlingame 3 and start BMC West. Um, Bert was against Burlingame, um, didn't want that project built. This isn't um, about, I've it, walked right, this the, is running the for an election. Well, I think it's, I mean, it, it is about development because inevitably there are going to be more employees and, and they're going to need homes. And I think that you don't stand for. It's, it's not about me running for an election. Burlingame. So, so if we it can, means Burlingame getting, right if it that. means Burlingame getting built, um, which which is what I think these dollars are necessary to go towards, as well as BMC West, I can understand why they don't want development. Well, the question is about the chairlift. Wasn't I'll, the can I, I'll comment on the chairlift, Carolyn. Uh, who's paying for it? That's another question that a lot of people have. Who's paying for the chairlift? Yes. The ski company's paying for the chairlift. Okay. They're investing in millions writing, of dollars in the chairlift. Is it and, in writing that they are going to pay for the chairlift and yeah. build it? Absolutely. Okay. And, 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 and in our agreements with the ski company, uh, they uh, we, we are basically able to obligate them to build the chairlift as a function of our proceeding with our Gorsuch house and now concurrently with with the uh, lift one lodge and at the end of the day the ski companies in the ski business they want a new lift they want to they want to enhance the vitality of that portal of the mountain and they are particularly anxious to return to world cup uh, racing uh to aspen which all of us in this community ought to be and world cup's not coming back if there's no new lift so. well they're not here in the room maybe they are but why haven't they already why haven't they what? Why haven't they built the lift for World oh, Cup? Because so there is insufficient demand for the lift, and and they and they need a, a base area for the lift. And the World Cup wasn't just talking about a new lift. 
They want a base area that has a vitality to it. I sat in on a meeting with Jeff uh, when the, the committee was meeting here, and one of the FIS people said, you don't seem to understand. In Europe, when people are watching international ski racing on television in Aspen, they think they're looking at a third world nation. You got chain link fence and 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 old wooden buildings and 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 steel steps and there's no hotel and there's no lodging and there's no festivity rents. They want the whole thing. John, I thought we looked if we ever great on just TV. Keep the commentary to a yeah. zero would be helpful. Uh, John, I thought sorry. the races looked great on TV. Um, I don't know how the Europeans saw them. I, I volunteered for the World Cup races, and it was one of the best weeks of my life. I would love to have them back more than anything because our town functioned as a whole. 10% of this town volunteered for that. And so to bring that up, that that's the reason for this, kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, furthermore, the FIS, the... Okay, the ski company is, it's pretty well known to people who are paying attention that the ski company has gotten approvals to realign the lift. Uh, this is dated December 2015. Um, the Forest Service has given permission for the new lift alignment for them to cut down trees on the green spaces here, that's Forest Service land, given permission to put a new gondola building up top. What's that for? That is so they can put in a chandala to service the Ruthie's restaurant. They don't have approvals. They haven't analyzed it all the way down to Dean Street. It hasn't happened. That, that's not what the city has told me, but we, let's move on for a second. Um, thank thank you for correcting the, the falsehoods. But, you know, there is there is information from the Forest Service that suggests that, but the city is saying something else, and that's something we can get into another time. Let's get to the financials. Uh, Michael, why does Lift One need $4.36 million of taxpayer money? Is your m margin that tight? So I think it's important to establish that not $1 of that $4.36 million, not $1 is going towards private interests. All of the money is going towards either Dean Street or the Skier Chalet Lodge which will be gifted to the Aspen Historical Society for a museum that people can visit at this location adjacent to a lower lift at Dean Street. Okay. It's, and it's, a, it's an investment in a public amenity and a public benefit. And, and the private sector is also investing $2 million, and the private sector is providing protection against any cost increases. So it's 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 a it's a it's a public private venture and it's a component of the public contribution. In one of the city council meetings, it was uh, intimated that it wouldn't work if you didn't get that four point three million. I, I don't I don't think that was a correct inference of that of that statement. This was an incredibly complex affair to put together. Uh, at the request, if not the direction of the city council, to move the lift to Dean Street. This entailed Gorsuch House, Lift One Lodge, uh, the Aspen Skiing Company, the City Parks Department, the Historical Society, the Delinsic family, the Aspen Valley Land Trust, 
and there were a broad range of issues that were addressed. Um, uh, what about the museum? Well, what about the ski company putting facilities in there? How many public parking spaces? What about the developers redesigning their projects to accommodate this? The associated ca uh, costs of that. And this was just an element of that entire package. And at the time I used the phrase and I'll use it again, it's a tapestry. And you take out one thread, another thread, another thread, the tapestry falls apart. It wasn't just that issue. It was part of a bigger package. Bert, you were at that meeting uh, when it was decided that 4.36 should go in. Um, do you think that it would it, the the project would still go through if they you didn't the, put in taxpayer money? The uh, vested approval. So if if voters vote no, the uh, vested approvals obligate Lift One Lodge to pay the complete uh, improvements to Dean Street, to pay for refurbishing the skier chalet into a ski museum white box level of finish. Uh, those are requirements in the uh, in a no vote uh, uh, that the Lift One Lodge owners purchased when they purchased this. No. The the in addition the uh, benefits that uh, go to the uh, Lift One Lodge if this is passed. Uh, there's an increase of free market units from four from five to six. There's additional FAR uh, from uh, below grade parking and. Uh, space that's converted to lodge use. There's a reduction in the parking. Um, and there's this money in escrow with no guarantee in the ballot question uh, that the city can enforce the lift spinning. Trickle-down economics aren't, aren't the way to solve all this. I would just add that the escrow money is specifically related to the lift becoming operational. Right. That is the specific condition in the ordinance. Um, so we, we agree that. Yes. It's the specific, it is, and that's the only thing that's uh, contingent on lift running. If in 10 years uh, someone decides not to make that lift run, that $4.36 is worth probably half as much. And for a two million, to walk away from $2 million and not have to, and spend the money on Pandora's and other thing, other space uh, might make more sense. But under that same philosophy, there's no assurance that the gondola would start tomorrow. That's right. Is that that's right? true. Is, well, let's let's. How about this? Uh, let's how about some. It's a lot. I mean, a, that's a lot different. No it's from I mean, you guys. Yeah. I, what's the? Was there a contingency for developer default or failure to finish or build a project just coming off of Base Village and yeah, in the middle of Aspen Club? Yeah, we've had some unfortunate situations in our community. Um, I would say you know Jim's firm, uh, Low Development, has been doing business here for forty years. Uh, they built the Gantt uh, and several other projects in Snowmass. Uh, the Gorsuch family has been doing business here for over 40 years. Um, my brother Aaron and I uh, have had lodging here for over 20 years. Um, we all take a conservative approach to financing these projects, and that's why our projects have been successful. Um, the public improvement portions of these projects are going to be bonded, um, but I would also say that that Burt's Council wisely um, has insisted on measures uh, within the land use code and particularly in these ordinances that before the issuance of a building permit, the Aspen City Attorney must review and approve that there is sufficient financing to accomplish and complete the construction of the development. So I think that, that the city has learned you know, from years past, and I think there are sufficient measures to accommodate for that. Bert, would you like to respond at all? 
Sean? I think we've all seen what's happened. And, and whether it's Aspen Club or Base Village. So. It's good no need to respond. And, and having seen what's happened is why we protected that it won't happen again. This topic is called shooting the puppy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of voters are struggling with what the alternative will be if the ballot question fails. So, Michael, you've said that a redevelopment plan for the base of Aspen Mountain will not go back to council for another review, and there will, no be, there will not be a chairlift if voters shoot this down. So my question to you is, will you return to your previous approvals that require housing 91 full-time employees for a slightly smaller project that has to break ground by 2021? So or would you walk away? So no, we, w we would return to the 2011 approvals, which is at our option, which is uh, 35 FTEs, which is a reduction from what we're proposing under this scenario where the lift comes down to Dean Street, which includes 45 FTEs. And I would add moreover that the 2011 approvals that include 35 FTEs, almost half of the housing in that was provided via dorm units. I personally don't think those units are livable. I think the Skier Chalet Steakhouse is better utilized for the community as a bar and restaurant with vitality there. The 2016 amendment to your project says that it's 16 to 18,000 square feet of net leasable commercial space, which requires 91 full-time employees. We will not build that commercial space. We're not obligated to build that commercial space, um, and we simply won't do it. But we, you'll have to go back in for an amendment to the no, city. No, we, we have the option to build under the 2011 ordinance. That was specifically to get growth management allotments in the event we wanted that. But we don't think there'll be enough vitality in that area to do that. Bert, do you have any response to that? I think, as you said, the uh, 2011 was 35 FTEs. The reason the 2016 was uh, 90 and it increased to 55 is because 18,000 square feet from Accessory Lodge was converted into uh, commercial. commercial space. That's right. And uh, that increased the generation. And uh, either way, if there, if the uh, it's not the number of employees that are uh, housed. It's the it's the percentage of employees of the generation. In both cases, that's 100 percent. And if it's 100 percent, then it's 100 percent. Right. I, I think it's important for the people of the community to talk in lay terms. I mean, if if accessory space within the lodge under the 11 units doesn't provide for the vitality for people of the community to come enjoy these hotels, some of the best places and community spaces in this community are in the limelight, the Hotel Jerome and other great community hotels. And I think that if, if we have to revert back to a less community vital lodge and the space becomes accessory, we'll have to do it. But I, I think it's unfortunate. But if that's, if that's the direction that the city wants to go in promoting lodges that aren't for the benefit of its citizens, then I think that would be unfortunate. Jim, would you go back to council with your tabled land use application for the hotel, or would you just 
walk away from the no we would we would we would go back to where we started which was a a new a a new a new hotel compliant with lodge zoning with a new lift in its present location um and the reason it's that's not what's on the table now is because the city asked us to work with the other parties and get the lift all the way back down to dean street and that's what we've done if uh, if that doesn't happen then that's what we'll go back to but i don't personally see that being in the interest of the community john you've expressed your issues with rezoning a parcel that the ski company owns where gorsuch would be built and it would be changed from conservation district mm-hmm. to lodging what's your issue with that um because the other alternative is for single family homes Right. Uh, Skiko hasn't said they were going to build. I don't. First, think. I'd like to just say, does anybody really think they're going to build single-family homes there? I mean, sure they could, but that would be like shooting yourself in the foot. I think. Absolutely. There should be a hotel there. Well, the lift one townhomes. I mean, that's exactly what happened. What happened there? And the, and the answer the answer is it's it's. Yeah. That, Carolyn, was, that, that, that was area. A, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That was yeah, a different the, time. The question is to John about. We're sorry. talking about now. What, look what's yeah. going on at the Boomerang. They forego their hotel Questions development to, to build single-family homes. We only me. have like nine minutes left, so let's try to go ahead. get through it here. Um, I'll, I'll respond when he's done. So uh, rezoning. Okay, they have talked about the fact that it's not such a big deal. I have the, the meanings of lodge and zoning right here, if anybody would care to read them. They're pretty strikingly different. Um, I've seen it in the paper that they say <clears throat> the, little, the Little Nell Hotel was on land zone conservation and the Gondola Building. Well, while that may or may not be true, I think the Gondola Building is on land that was on conservation. Little Nell Hotel was on a piece of property that had several buildings. There was a building that had the gallery nightclub downstairs, Little Shlomo's Deli and a ski shop on the main floor, and a rockin' bar called the Little Nell Bar and Restaurant, which had a big sunny deck. The tippler was across the way. There was tons of sunshine. Um, Right. So if you want to compare the two, I think it's a false, narr- a false comparison because there has never been a building on the Gorsuch House site, and that's my opposition to changing the zoning. The conservation district is not conservation in the context of a wetlands preserve or a wildlife preserve. It was a conservation district that was established 70-plus years ago with regard to the base of the mountain to create some protection for how the base of the mountain was developed. The Little Nell Hotel does occupy a portion of land that was designated conservation because the Little Nell Nell as it exists today far intrudes into land that was not occupied by the the facilities that, that John just cited. The gondola is in the same position. There is an opportunity to build four houses on that property or to consolidate it and build one and don't say it couldn't happen. There's a plenty of people with a billion dollars that'd like to have a 10,000 square foot house sitting up there with a lift outside the door, and they could do it. They can't do it with us because we're going to sterilize the land. Right. And, and I would argue Quickly. that 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 plan is not community desirable. Doesn't bring the lift down to Dean Street. It doesn't bring some of those things that you just mentioned, John, that you enjoyed on the Nell site, like Vitality, that we're currently missing at Lift One now. Okay, we're almost out of time, if you can believe it. Uh, I'm going to give you guys, if you can do this in under two minutes each, just a closing statement. Again, 
I think the voters are trying to weigh the bad and good on this proposal. So with that in mind, um, why don't you go for it, John? <clears throat> Do it in under two well, minutes, please. I'm really glad Michael brought up vitality. This goes right back to what I was talking about with uh, what happened when Little Nell Hotel was built. And OK, so Little Nell Hotel was built. Before that, Little Annie's was a really happening bar. People there and at the Tipler literally did ski down and dance in their ski boots until 2 AM. It really happened. Uh, they were big and sunny spaces. And then what happened, <clears throat> Little No Hotel went in, Gondola Building went in, and it, as nice as the Gondola is, it, it casts a lot of shade over there. Then the Tipler got replaced by what? The Little Nell Timeshares. And now the, that whole base area of Aspen Mountain is so shady that there's really no opera ski scene to, except for a little bit at the Little Nell bar. Um, so <clears throat> I'd just like to end by saying, is that really what we want when we talk about vitality on the 1A side? Do we, vi vibrancy needs sunshine. Um, we talk about opera skiing on the decks over there. Seriously? In the shade? Um, I'd like to thank the city for the Canary Initiative to better our singular town. I'd like to thank the ski company for getting us to care for our environment with the Give a Flight campaign. And now I'd like to ask the city and the ski company to take a look at yourselves and aspire to these same bold slogans you've created. We have something really special here. Let's live up to our words and not turn this into another veil. Thanks. Other side, please, no applause. Please, please, no applause. Michael or Jim, whoever's responding. Or Jeff, go ahead Jeff, make, you Jeff make a comment. About a minute 30 or less. Thank you very much, Carolyn, uh, John, and, and Bert. Uh, well, we've seen two very different visions and versions of what uh, the Lafon Corridor may look like. And thank you to the voters and everybody for listening. Uh, clearly, our vision is a tomorrow vision that honors the past and reconnects the lift with the town and invites uh, a vision and, and wisdom of a community that is open to welcoming the World Cup back. I sat on the organizing committee for the World Cup uh, finals. Uh, I have communication from Sarah Lewis. She's very clear about what the mandate is to get the World Cup back. Uh, Michaela Schifrin has sent in her uh, words that everybody hopefully has read, saying that uh, they want to come back, the world, the athletes, the organizers, the companies, uh, the athletes. This doesn't just belong to Aspen and the voters here. It belongs to the world. Aspen and the idea of Aspen is uh, about mind, body, spirit, about intellect, about sport, about culture. And let's be forward-looking. Let's uh, use our common sense and ask the voters to be a part of an Aspen for tomorrow with all these great traditions, to reach down, Excalibur moment, pull the sword out, and the voters get to decide. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for your participating. I'm Carolyn Sakharayasu with the Aspen Times, along with our editor, David Kraus. You've been watching a forum on the Lift One Corridor, ballot question that the city voters are deciding on. Thanks to our participants in Grassroots TV. If you've missed part of this or want to watch it again, it'll be on the Aspen Times Facebook page or on Grassroots TV. It'll be re-aired. City it's voters on. should have received their ballots in the mail by now. They must be returned to the city clerk by 7 p.m. on March 5th. In-person voting is available on the second floor of this building, City Hall. 
Thank you and good night. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Carolyn. you very much. Thank you.